Hello and welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Entrepreneur. Today we're going to Columbus, Ohio to meet Joshua Lysak, who is a ghost writer, but also has a new book coming out when it says, and it's called So Good People Think That It's Fake. Joshua, welcome to the show. It's supposed to be here, Jim. Thank you. Well, thank you, because you have written and ghostwritten, I think, over 80 books uh, for clients. You've got your own book out now, and you are one of the only people I've ever seen who's got an ROI calculator on your website for people who publish books. So we're going to talk about self-publishing, but how you've made it look really professional and how you've made having your own book, not just part of your business card, but actually part of your business. So Joshua, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about you and how you help with ghost writing a book. Yes, yes. So I can begin with my literary journey because that's where most people want to know how, how did you become a ghostwriter? Because not, it's not every day one meets a ghostwriter. Well, most ghostwriters, they enter the publishing industry or they're, or they're uh, a journalist or professional writer in some way. And then uh, a client or friend that they work with in the industry will ask them to, to write their book. Uh, my situation was a little different. My ambition since being a youngster was to write my own books one day, no, novels particularly. I was a fiction writer as a, as a young fella. And when I was 20 years old, I secured myself a two book independent publishing deal. And fast forward a couple of years and I'm signing books and I'm taking selfies with fans back when uh, every uh, phone was kind of a flip phone and you had to turn the uh, camera phone around and it would take an off center uh, picture uh, of the book. Something interesting happened during that season of my life. Two people who read my novels reached out to me independently of one another and said the same thing. Joshua, I've wanted to write a book longer than you've even been alive. You've done it twice. Can you help? And I said, okay, fine, sure. I guess I'll help you with your book. And I've been saying, okay, fine, sure. I'll help you with your book ever since. And to this day, I get referrals from those original uh, clients. And it started off with mostly memoirs and autobiographies because they wanted them to read like a novel, not a boring factual uh, regurgitation of their lives. I was born here, but no, compelling and exciting. And then I found myself ghostwriting several uh, memoirs for entrepreneurs and business owners. And then the next few authors, well, how about business books? And now at this point, I'm working on the 81st, 82nd, and 83rd books uh, for, for clients, entrepreneurs, of course. And along the way, people have been asking me, so Joshua, when's your book coming out? And I finally said, okay, I, I've, I've, I've ghostwritten several dozen books now. I need to write my own nonfiction uh, book. And uh, hence, So Good They Call You a Fake here has just come out. And we can talk about the imagery of the Mona Lisa with the, uh, with the Groucho Marx disguise glasses and what that imagery is, is symbolic of and what the book is about, uh, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say those um, people that are listening. Uh, Joshua's book has a beautiful front cover of the Mona Lisa pre-oil spill, I've got to say, um, with the Groucho Marx on it. And uh, so you've, you've made the front cover look um, exciting to read. It'll stand out on the Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble's websites, Joshua. But also you've taken an approach that I believe you take with all your books, which is to be a little bit controversial, uh, a little bit, you know, bombastic and, and stand out in this day and age where more and more books are being kind of in the market that are almost auto-generated. 
tell us your strategy for making books stand out so that they're not just another one of those books that get signed and, and sort of given away for free by the author. Yes. And my answer goes to the depth of what if the, the foundational purpose of a, of a book. Some people say a, a book is a new business card. Well, here in the States, most business cards get thrown in the trash. That's not what happened to books. Books will stay on someone's desk. They will stay within eyesight. They, they will be, be around. That is what you want for your business or for your brand. You want to be within reach. You want to have two to 300 pages worth of expertise, practical step-by-step with no step skipped wisdom that demonstrates that you and you alone are the subject matter expert and the uncontested authority in your niche to borrow some of the language from my subtitle. And so the purpose of a book is to generate higher quality leads, sales qualified leads particular, that come to you without being price sensitive, without wanting to price shop you. But like I hear from my clients every single day, Jim, people will say, hey, Josh, I got a new client. Somebody posted about my book on LinkedIn. This CEO saw it and now we're doing business together and it's worth quite a credible amount that they'll love taking a picture of the check for that they, that they got to work with a particular company. And so what you're doing is you're lowering your customer acquisition cost by authoring a book because rather than having to invest, let's say in, in direct advertising or marketing or public relations, what you're able to do instead is have your marketing be something that people buy from you. And so I have several clients whose customer acquisition cost is negative, meaning they get paid to make, to, to create customers from it. And with this revenue calculator, what I want to give people is this sense of a book, not as, as an expense, but as an investment. And so I run the numbers with people. I chatted with a gentleman yesterday. We looked at his business, his services business, and what it is that he offers. And in his case, he needs to convert 13 book readers into clients and he breaks even with my services. So I'm not having people think in terms of, okay, how do we sell the most copies at book launch or get on the bestseller list? It's thinking in terms of how can we break even with this by converting readers into clients? And there's a particular type of structure for doing that, particular type of book that does that. And the vast majority of book ideas and concepts just, it just doesn't pan out. Joshua, I think that's a, that's a really good comment you made at the end. The vast majority of books don't pan out. Um, what would you say makes a framework for a successful book? Because you've talked about narrative, you've talked about a, a perspective, but in your experience, what does make it a compelling read that supports the entrepreneur's mission, but also is a sort of engaging to the reader because they're not always the same alignment are they that's right that's right i advise authors or authorpreneurs they sometimes uh, are labeled to to author what we call an authority book and so an authority book is a book that builds your authority in the thing that's most valuable and meaningful to you and also to your market your clientele your space and when one thinks about what this is, it becomes rather obvious what should or should not be the book idea. 
So we use an innovation structure called the jobs to be done theory or jobs framework out of San Francisco. It's also been written about and used quite extensively at Harvard's business school. The jobs to be done theory goes like this. Customers buy tools to get jobs done. They choose the tool they perceive as most valuable and most useful for getting that job done. Kind of straightforward and kind of simple, right? But when we apply jobs to be done theory to a space it's not usually in, literary work, publishing, we realize that, oh, a book is not your story. A book is a tool that people are trying to use to get a job done. So if you look at the category on Amazon of sales and selling, what's the job being done there? Oh, it's selling more, selling at uh, selling more, generating higher quality leads, handling objection, those sorts of things. Oh, okay. So when we think about the jobs be done theory, there is a way to judge whether or not the most important jobs got done or not, right? And I follow my own advice with um, with my book. And I say on the front cover, the subtitle, command attention, monetize your talent stack and become the uncontested authority in your niche. Those are three jobs, right? I want to be noticed. I want to get attention. I, I want to stop being anonymous. I want to stop going unnoticed, right? That's a set of jobs. And then I want to package my expertise into products. I want to maximally monetize. I want to find every revenue center I possibly can inside of my business that I haven't done yet. That's where the second one comes in. And then the third is being that go-to authority. And so the book, of course, teaches how to write a book, among other things. Um, but the authority book is that teaching people how to get the most valuable jobs done that your business does for them. So about four chapters in, you have an over-delivery of functional value, that step-by-step -step with no steps, skipped practical advice, that a certain percentage of the readers can say, okay, this is too hard. I'm just going to hire this author to do it for me. Okay. And that's the key thing, isn't it, there, that you are sharing your knowledge, your process, your wisdom that people normally pay for. Is that is that right, Joshua? So people hire you for a particular service. You're sharing how you do that. And then you said the client or the reader then says, you know what, I'm, ex I'm exhausted. There's more to this than I poss possibly could have imagined. I'm just going to ring the guy. I is that right? 100%. Yes. Okay. Yes. There might be ways to work in your stories from your life, a bit of a memoir mashup, you might say. But the structure of the book ought to be, how do I give what feels like might be an overpromise? Like someone might see the title and say, no way, that's clickbait. That's fake. I better look closer just to make sure. And I think you've raised a very interesting point about how you differentiate the book because there are so many books coming out and only more and more because of the impact of ChatGPT and all these other AI writers. The barriers to writing have come down a lot. So you talk about making a bit of an overpromise. Joshua, what's the risk of if you're like over promising and then people feeling that you've under delivered. Does that yes. stop so there people? is a, ch a chapter in my, in my book on this right. So early on in my career, I worked with a lot of people in the personal development and coaching space who were exactly as you described, they were bombastic over promises, uh, over promises and under deliverers. And the thing is that their advice was always terse and vague. They would be like, in order to succeed in this endeavor, it's all just mindset. You know, just do it. W what does that mean? 
Oh, it's mindset, bro. You just gotta have a have a have a, have a growth mindset. What, what what am I supposed to do? Mindset. And yet, if we look at uh, many self help books, that's about the depth that they are. Early on in my not literary career, but my corporate career, right as my books were initially taking off, my fiction books were taking off, I would write standard operating procedures that would be used internally to train new hires so that we could create consistency and predictable results inside of the business and that people who had no experience in the industry could perform like veterans in a matter of weeks, if not if not days. And I wrote over 300 of these standard operating procedures and everything was documenting it step by step with no step skipped. And the metaphor I use in the book is like a Lego instructions. So in a Lego set, a child, so I have a couple, a couple of, a couple of kids. And so my, uh, my son, a little fellow, he can build a spaceship or a castle or just a functional robot by following Lego instructions. They are designed so that a child could follow them. And this is the, to use that word, mindset. I teach to authors that in order to help readers meet what might feel like clickbait, what might feel like an overpromise, there is a step-by-step way to get them to that destination by structuring your book in such a way, step one, step two, step three, step four, and it might even correspond to chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. And you lead them to that destination and everything they're gonna everything they're gonna need along the way. And number one, it shows that you know what you're talking about. You are in fact the de- you have depth of expertise. You've been here, you've done that, you're the guide. But also they can realize this is so much harder than they thought. And I hear anecdotes from my uh, authors that I've ghostwritten for where they'll say uh, clients of theirs, some of their highest paying clients, got four chapters into the book and said, yeah, I'm not doing this. This is too hard. I'm just going to hire this person. And they heard from them within a day of the book coming out. In some cases, within 24 hours, I bought your Kindle book. I got four chapters in. This is way bigger than I thought it was going to be. But here's the thing. If the author hadn't have or have hadn't written that book, that lead would not have been generated. That client relationship would not have been created. So we realize then that thinking about a book in terms of return on investment is the best way to think about it. We'll be back after a quick break. Would you like to double your salary without starting another business? The easy way to do this is to join the board of another company. You get well paid for a part-time role. You get all the credibility that comes with being a board member. Plus, you get to hang out with some very cool people and learn how other businesses are dealing with their problems. If you'd like to know more, if you'd like to learn how you get your first board seat within 60 days, just click on the link below as uh, Unnoticed is a gold sponsor of our summit. So you get free tickets. Enjoy. I'll see you there. I love that. And then in terms of the, um, you know, you've described the upside. People love the book. Um, but we also know that some people will be haters of a book. We'll, we'll shoot it down for whatever reason. Um, Joshua, what, that's often an anxiety for people, especially as an entrepreneur. Maybe they feel a bit fragile uh, or they're used to being in control, which is why they are an entrepreneur in the first place putting things out there that may be uncomfortable isn't easy. So 
what's your view on on sort of surviving the haters and, and and the criticism which could be kind of painful as well especially if it's a first project yes uh, to be an unnoticed entrepreneur is the riskiest path because it's hard to generate sales qualified leads if no one knows who you are <laughs> it, it is better to be criticized and financially successful than to be safe and to be broke from my perspective. I want to read you the, so there's a, a testimonial that's taken from the foreword of my book from a cardiologist client of mine who, who is a rather controversial figure. And that was by design. And the reason we did that is so that he could build his authority and there would be people who equally love him and equally hate him. And that's what we understand about attraction. It's a fundamental property of nature. In order to attract, you must repel. And this is why, the, the, look at magnets, the, 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 the yin and the yang symbol, the symbols, right, of that, of that proper balance. And we know that in order to have lovers of your brand, you must also have haters. To have haters, you must also have, have lovers. And so to do the sort of things that result in cultivating organic hate for your business will result in creating super fans. And so as, as I'm mentioning, um, on the context of going from unnoticed to the household name of your industry, this excerpt from Dr. Philip Ovedia, whose, whose book has sold 20,000 copies, by the way, uh, he says, what we did to launch my book, my brand and my telehealth business has brought me visibility, attention and engagement and has allowed me to further my mission on a scale I never imagined possible. Few people know how to generate consistent, predictable results so good they start an internet firestorm that spreads your name further than you could have on your own. And that is the promise and the pitch of the book, So Good They Call You a Fake, and of the ghostwriting business. And it's not for everyone. It's not for beginners. It's only for people who are confident enough in their results that if 99 people point at you and say, look at this liar over here, you could simply smile and you know the truth. And Joshua, that's a great place, especially as entrepreneurs have sort of moved through their career and they're, and they're starting to think about what they do later on in life. Um, Joshua, you've been an entrepreneur. You've built this business uh, now for uh, over a decade. You've had your own business, I think. So um, what have you found has worked for you as an entrepreneur to get clients for you? Because you only now, after 80 books, writing your, <laughs> writing your own. So what's worked for you as an entrepreneur? Yes, to get so noticed. Originally, completely by accident, writing my my books over ten years ago, my my novels. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that um, that that would in fact be an authority book, and that people would read them and say, "I want my life story to read like this novel does." I didn't realize that that was a lead generation technique at, <laughs> at, at that time. So it worked. It worked well for me. Something else that has worked well is creating courses that are around specific aspects of my knowledge base. And those are also ways for people to avail themselves of video content and tutorials, and then get to a point where they say, okay, this is too hard. I just, I just need to hire this guy uh, to, to do that. So creating courses and these, these, these consumable information products that people can purchase so that again, customer's acquisition costs become negative, meaning lead generation, marketing, our profit centers. Like, okay, we're going to launch this new course with the objective being we are going to convert uh, course customers into clients of ours. We have an upsell sequence in, in place so that by launching the course or by launching the book, 
you not just make money from the from royalties or from course sales, but you're able to cultivate relationship, deeper relationships, and a certain percentage of them are going to say, okay, this is too hard. I just need to work with this with this person. And I've had courses out for I lost my first course in 2016, just a few years into my business. Uh, after I'd kind of ridden the train of my first novels having come out and I've done relatively consistent with creating new courses here and there. And I've got maybe a dozen and a half courses now on different, different topics related to my core uh, talent stack of, of, of persuasive writing and literary work and ghostwriting and, and all that good stuff. Joshua, that, that sounds fantastic. Just briefly, which platform are you hosting your courses on, or are you just self-hosting as you do being self-publishing? Yeah, one of my favorite platforms that I've found, having having tried just about all of them over the years, has been the platform called Gumroad. Gumroad, as in like chewing gum. Yeah. And okay. one of the reasons I like Gumroad is for anyone who creates an account, it's similar. Future purchases are similar to Amazon, where you can click the buy now, and it's one more click, and it buys now. If you have a, if you have a Gumroad account, you don't have to go through this the setup or pending in your payment information. It can be literally a one-click purchase. Someone sees my course. Oh, I like this. One-click buy now. And because their information is saved previously, uh, it's instant. It's an easy, ease and uh, instant purchase. That's a good tip. Gumroad.com. I think that is fantastic. Yes. Joshua, if there's one thing that has not worked, you know, I always like to ask this question without trying to embarrass anybody, but something that you've tried that didn't kind of work out for Joshua Lysak, publishing and ghostwriting, what would that be? Yes. So it would be low leveraged types of activities, low leverage types of activities. So high leverage would be things that take a little bit of time or they're a single project that produce results outsized, perhaps for years. Low leverage activities, I did quite a bit kind of during the middle season of my career. And it was regional uh, networking and business events and workshops and and attending conferences and things where my physical presence was required. And any, any, let's say driving down to Cincinnati, for example, and have going to a Cincinnati business event, I might in Cincinnati meet 12 entrepreneurs, only two of which would really be in my market of book writing but I would spend an entire day there and neither of them would really be sales qualified leads. Whereas I can write a Twitter thread about books, about advanced persuasion techniques like hypno writing. And I can get that seen by hundreds of thousands of people in the, in the number of hours. That's a high leverage activity. Yeah. Yeah. That's very to yeah. spending a whole day in Cincinnati. <laughs> No offense to that, <laughs> no or even in-person networking and, and local stuff. But I've joked that since our since our son was born, I have only been in a room of just other adults maybe once in the last five years. Yeah, that, that's too funny, actually. You're right. I mean, actually, physical events are actually very ineffective and very inefficient, aren't they, uh, in terms of ROI, especially if you're focused as you are on the service that you're offering and the kind of customers – Joshua, if people want to find out more about you and the ghostwriting services that you offer, where would they do that? The best place would be my website, which is lysecghostwriting.com, L-I-S-E-C, lysecghostwriting.com. 
Uh, that would be about the, the business. But my most, my most fun shenanigans would be over on Twitter. I'm at, at Josh Lysak. And of course, so good they call you a fake that is uh, available wherever books are sold online. Joshua, that's wonderful. We'll put links to you and to your amazing book. Joshua Lysak joining us from Cincinnati, or rather outside Cincinnati, Ohio. He doesn't go there himself anymore. Thank you for joining me on the Unnoticed Entrepreneur Show today. It's been my pleasure, James. Thank you. Well, brilliant. What a lot of amazing learning there. And for me, some great takeaways, including, you know, being a little bit bombastic, but also making sure that you write a book that includes, and Joshua used the phrase, every step and not miss a step so that you really are comprehensive and, and get the readers to kind of surrender and decide just to come to you. And that's how you really build the authority. So lots of great learnings there from Joshua. If you've enjoyed this show, do please share it with a fellow unnoticed entrepreneur. And until we meet again, I wish you the best of good fortune. Keep on communicating and thank you for listening.